Good morning. The scripture reading today is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, and it can be found on page 787 in your Pew Bible. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sandy. Let's pray before we get into this scripture. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these words that you spoke, and we thank you that we have them written down in black and white, or in some cases in red ink, for us to read. And we pray that the truth of what you, sh- of what you taught would sink deep into our lives and hearts that we would be people who trust God and seek your kingdom first. Amen. Well, there should be some paper in the, the pew rack in front of you. And as we begin this sermon, I want you to write down something that you are currently worried about. Now, nobody's going to see this, so, you know, Write whatever you want. It can be a big thing. It can be a small thing. It can seem insignificant or it can be a big life crisis. But one thing that you are currently worried about. We're going to come back to that later in the sermon. I'll I'll tell you a quick story while you're writing. Um, Our family likes the books Frog and Toad, children's books. And there's this one story called Christmas Eve where... Toad is waiting for Frog to come to his house to celebrate Christmas Eve, and he's late. And so Toad starts concocting all these scenarios of what's happened. Maybe he's been eaten by a wild animal. Maybe he's fallen into a hole. Maybe he's gotten lost in the dark woods, and as he's thinking, he, he says, I'm going to get my frying pan to... to hit that animal on the head and I'm going to get my rope to rescue him out of this hole and I'm going to get my candle to find him in the woods and he rushes outside full of anxiety and there he meets Frog who says, Hello Toad, I'm a little late tonight but 
I'm glad I'm here. And he says, a toad says, you mean you're not stuck in a hole? No. You mean you didn't get eaten by a wild animal? No. You're fine? Yes, I'm fine. (laughs) And to me, that illustrates the way our worries can get way out ahead of where we are. Um, And so, whatever you have written on your paper is a very real thing to you. Maybe it's... um, some health issue, an undiagnosed ailment, or, or a bad diagnosis. Maybe it's a worry you have for a family member or a loved one for something they're going through. Maybe it's a financial worry. Maybe it's the fear of not being liked or not being accepted or not being respected in some way. It could be that you're worried about having enough food to eat, although... For most of us, that's probably not the case. And if I, give you, if I gave you more time, I bet you could probably fill a whole page with things that you're worried about. I know I could. There isn't a single one of us in this room who doesn't have the experience of worrying, of anxiety. And Jesus says into all of our worries, don't worry. Don't worry. Now, when I hear someone tell me, don't worry, and I've just shared something I'm worried about, I get annoyed. I'm like, well, how do you know I shouldn't worry? How do you know my, my scan will come back good? How do you know I will have enough money, right? What makes you so sure that I shouldn't be worried about this? But Jesus, I think we can all agree, when Jesus says something, we can listen to it. We can do it. He's generally right about things. So when he says don't worry, there are some good reasons why worry actually doesn't make sense as his followers. And I want to talk about what those are. What I see in this teaching is that Jesus wants us to be free from worry for something else. So it's not just he wants us to have the absence of anxiety, although that's true, But there's actually something greater that we need to be free to do with our energy. And so let's talk about those two things, what we're free from and what we're free for. So first, what we're free from. Let me read verses 25 through 30 again. And please have your Bible open as we go through this passage. We are Bible people who love to actually see what is in Scripture and read it for ourselves. So, Matthew chapter 6, in verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than clothes, more than, more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, 
You of little faith. Now we have to deal with something here. Because when you woke up this morning, I almost guarantee you were not worried about whether you had food in the pantry for breakfast or whether you had clothes to wear. Right? We, we don't worry about those things here and now. But for Jesus' listeners, those things were very real concerns. They didn't have closets full of clothes and refrigerators full of food and grocery stores and Hannaford to go, right? They were one bad harvest away from starvation. So when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, in the previous section, that's probably a literal request. And here, when he says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, some of these people could legitimately be worried they didn't have food to eat that day. And a good piece of clothing was a luxury item. Furthermore, I was thinking this week about the world Jesus' first audience here lived in. They didn't have antibiotics. They didn't have hospitals where they could have heart surgeries performed. They didn't have political stability or the right to due process. All these things that we take for granted. The world they lived in was much more dangerous than the world we live in, in some ways. Infant mortality was high. And yet Jesus says to them, do not worry. If if anything, they had more to worry about than we do. And Jesus says to them, do not worry. Now, maybe for us, we're not worried about that kind of bottom level of the pyramid of our needs, like clothing and shelter and food, but maybe we are worried about love and respect and acceptance or health or um, these things that are, are higher up on the pyramid of human needs, so to speak. Does that make sense? Well, Jesus tells them not to worry. He tells us the same thing. And that's because worry does not make sense. Um, First of all, it doesn't accomplish anything. He says, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No, of course not. In fact, the opposite is true. How much does anxiety wear down our physical health? We're seeing that more and more. But here's the the bigger reason. Worry doesn't make sense because we have a Father in heaven who cares for us. He uses these examples of the birds and the flowers. Birds don't have to don't worry about what they're going to eat. They simply go out and receive what is provided for them by God through creation. Now, That doesn't mean, Jesus isn't saying, hey, just sit back and wait for food to appear in your mouth, right? God will provide for you. Even birds have to go and work and find their food, just like we have to work to provide. But here's the difference. Birds don't worry whether the food will be there. A bird doesn't sit in her nest at night wringing her wingtips Oh, what if Mrs. Gagno forgets to fill her feeder? What if the squirrels get all the seed before we can get there? What if there's not enough this winter? Whatever will we do? Right? Birds don't do that. 
They simply receive what is there for them. And the same way with flowers. Well, well let, me, let me get to that in a second. Jesus' Jesus's point here is not that because God takes care of birds, he will also take care of you. It's that the birds only have God as a creator, and yet he feeds them. You have God as your heavenly father, your father. How much more will God take care of you as your father? We have some fathers in this room. Would you, you would do anything to take care of your children. And God is even more that way with us, with his children in Christ. And so, in the same way, flowers have this effortless beauty about them, and yet they're not that valuable in the grand scheme of things. How much more valuable are we to God? And will he not clothe us so much more? When we see the world this way, that we have a heavenly father uh, and, and his, his care is throughout this world and we know his care as his children, then worry actually doesn't make sense. It, sometimes we can hear things Jesus says like, do not worry and think, oh, that is, so, that is such a wonderful ideal to strive for. But, you know, Jesus, the world doesn't really work that way. Wouldn't it be nice if the world was a place where we didn't have to worry? But Jesus is saying the world does work this way. The world does work this way. The world is a completely safe place for God's children. Do you believe that? God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. That's, that's the big reason Jesus tells us not to worry. We have a Heavenly Father who cares for us, who provides what we need exactly when we need it. I'm sure many of you have stories of God's provision. I'll just share one that's happened to me. Uh, years ago, I, I had gotten a job as a flooring installer, helping a man who installed flooring, tile and, and hardwood and laminate. And so the, the job involved carrying heavy boxes of things, and I needed some good work boots, which I didn't have. And you know, work boots can be pretty expensive. We had very little money at the time. We were both in grad school or recently out of grad school. I think we had Chloe, or it was about to have Chloe. And I didn't think we could afford, afford the work boots, but I needed the job. Well, one day around that same time, we had dinner with some friends um, that we had just reconnected with. And as we were leaving, the husband says, oh, by the way, I don't know if, if, if you need this, but I have this pair of work boots that are a little too big for me and I can't return them. And if you want them, if they fit you, you can have them. Isn't that amazing? And we have many other stories of Checks arriving in the mail, or meals delivered by friends, or vehicles given by parents, or all of these ways that God has provided what we need. And I'm sure you have the same story. God is a good provider. He takes care of his children. 
and not just our physical needs, but our emotional and spiritual needs. How often have you gotten that, that text or a card right when you needed it, that someone was praying for you? How often have, have you had a friend come and, and, and care for you at a time when you were really low and, and depressed and you needed that? God takes care of you. Now, still you may be thinking, as I was this week, but this doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. Right? So, Jesus, is Jesus telling us, like speaking out of two sides of his mouth here, like, don't worry, but we know at the same time life is hard and bad things happen and tragedies occur. Have you ever wondered about that tension? Here's what I discovered while studying this passage this week. There's a big difference between being free from worry, which we can have, which Jesus wants, and being free from trouble, which we're not free from trouble. And those things are both true at the same time. We can be free from worry, even though, as Jesus himself says, each day has enough trouble of its own. Think about Jesus. He probably was the person who worried the least and had the most trouble of any human being who's ever lived. He was poor and homeless at times and rejected by people and, and um, you know, put to death unjustly, tortured, beaten. And yet he never worried. And so followers of Jesus, children of God, have every reason to not worry, even though trouble comes. Not because God will protect you from all trouble, but because God is still your heavenly father, no matter what happens. And he will take care of you. He will take care of you. So look at that worry that's on your paper. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm, willing, to, uh, I'm willing to guess that there is a worry underneath that worry, And the worry underneath that worry is, it's not going to be okay. Right? I'm not going to be okay. Or someone I love is not going to be okay. And I don't know the thing that you're worrying about may happen. It may not. But it it might happen. And even if it does, God is still good. God is still your Heavenly Father. And in an ultimate sense, it's going to be okay. That's why you don't need to worry. So I want to invite you today to actually live like that's true. To believe that, first of all, worry doesn't make sense. Even if the things I were to worry about happen, I'm okay. It's okay because God is my heavenly father. God will take care of me. Now, a quick caveat here. Sometimes people have anxiety in a way that is overpowering and almost a biochemical um, problem in their brains that creates constant anxiety or panic attacks. That could be related to this, but sometimes God uses counselors or medication to help free you from some of that crippling anxiety. 
So I'm not discounting that. This goes hand in hand with, with that. And this is a good place to start no matter what level of anxiety you have. So now we have to put this together with what we are free for. We're free from worry, but we're free for something else. Look at verses 31 and 32. <clears throat> so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Let's pause there, actually. Now, the pagan, in Jesus' mind, is a person who does not have God as his Father. And so, his entire life is spent anxiously concerned with things he wants and things he needs. And how to make his life better and more comfortable and more prosperous, right? That's kind of the modern secular person or anybody who doesn't know God. Life is about your personal or familial pursuit of wealth and happiness and comfort and safety and yada, yada, yada. And so, honestly, ask yourself, how many of your worries come from trying to maintain that kind of a life? What if I get sick and lose my health? That will be the worst thing. What if we can't go on this vacation? What if I can't get my kids the right things for Christmas? What if I can't have the food I want? What if, um, you know, what if, what, if, what if the clothes I wear are not in style? What if I'm driving a, a car that's ugly and rusty? How many of your worries come from having your heart set on those here and now uh, like things. Well, God says, your father knows what you need. He'll take care of you. The problem comes when you try to strive and run after things you really don't need. But, but go on, verse 33, and here's the, the payload of this passage. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and everything else will be thrown in. Everything else will be added. What does it mean to seek God's kingdom and righteousness? It means to to run after God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Right, to pursue him with everything you have. That's the only thing that does make sense in Jesus' view of the world. Not only does worry become irrational, but the only thing that does make sense then is to seek God with everything within you. To, to pour out your life for him. To crave knowing him more. To crave doing what is right and following his will, and living in the ways that Jesus describes in the Sermon on the Mount and elsewhere. Right? That is what does make sense instead of worry. What if you took all the energy that you spent on worries and converted it into seeking God? What would that look like? Look at the thing that's on your paper. Maybe it's a health concern. Um, instead of anxiously fixating on that thing, 
on that concern, things that might go wrong, use that energy to thank God for your body, to say, Lord, I want to honor you with my body, or to pray for that person who is ill, that God's presence would be known to them. To say, Lord, I trust you either for healing or for resurrection. And form your mind around the truth of of who God is in relation to your body. Maybe the thing you have written down is a worry about money. Not having enough money or, or a job that might not pay enough or this or that. And say, Instead of worrying, say, Lord, I trust you to provide what I need. Show me how to be generous with my money. Show me how to be um, open-handed with what I have and to serve others. Or maybe, and this, this is close to all of us, maybe it's a worry about a child or someone else in your life that you love. Instead of worrying about what could go wrong, Instead of biting your fingernails with that worry, let it drive you to your knees and pray for that person and find a deeper dependence on God. That's seeking God's kingdom and righteousness. Right? Or maybe, last example, maybe the thing you've written down is something to do with a fear of not being liked or accepted or cool or whatever, and use, whenever you feel that twinge of worry, use that as an alarm bell to to remind you to thank God for your identity in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that I'm accepted, I'm loved in you, no matter what other people say, no matter if I fail big time in this, this assignment or project or performance, no matter if someone likes me or doesn't like me, I have the love of Jesus Christ. What else do I need? So even the things you worry about can help you when you see things Jesus' way. Seek the kingdom instead. And you begin to think about others more. How can I share God's love with others? How can I talk about Jesus with others? How can I help others meet their needs? Because I'm covered. God's got me. Everything I need is taken care of in God. Another practice that that I found helpful for um, deflating worry and seeking the kingdom is gratitude. That's why I chose this text, because this week we're all going to be spending time giving thanks. Um, Practicing gratitude has a powerful effect on your worries. Because it forces you to focus from what you don't have to what God has already given you. I've recently begun the practice of writing down every night, most nights before bed, a couple of things that I'm thankful for in that day. And it's been, it's been wonderful. It's been helping me to acknowledge and notice God's care in my life instead of just, you know, forgetting about what he's done and focusing on what I want. Gratitude is so powerful. So Jesus tells us, don't worry. But instead, seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added. 
I want to challenge you to believe that is possible and to take steps to, to try that out, to live that way. And let me close by telling you just how Jesus himself supplies, the, supplies what we need to do this. Jesus himself, I said, was, was a person um, who had many things he could have worried about in life, and yet instead he trusted God even to the end. And even as he died on the cross, he showed us that the worst thing that could ever happen to you has already happened. And it happened to Jesus instead of you. The worst thing that can happen, the worry underneath all worries is this like ultimate rejection from God, condemnation, death. And Jesus did that so that the worst thing that could ever happen to you has already happened to him. Where does that leave you? It leaves you free to live a life of gratitude, to live a life of seeking God and not worrying. And, and then Jesus rose again and ascended to heaven to be the reigning king of God's kingdom. And he says in another place, in this world you will have trouble, but you know the rest of the verse. I have overcome the world. We really have nothing to worry about anymore.